0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Roundtable tonight. In cooperation with AHP, I'm going to wait for a couple more people to pop in here live before we get started. Post uh, your name and where you're from in the comments down below, and all the panelists will be able to see the comments. By the way, panelists, you can see the comments on the right, their little comments tab. So you guys can watch the comments coming in. We want to know where you're from and uh, what your name is. And then tonight, if you have any questions or comments for the panelists or you have any comments about the topics we've picked for tonight, you can post them in there, and we'll we'll see if we can read them as well. So, uh once we start getting some comments, I'll know you guys can hear me, you can see me, that all is working well. We'll officially get the show started. Oh, there's, uh, look look who is in the house. American Horse Publications. She never misses. Chris is always here. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. We have Ariel here from Fort Wayne, Indiana. We have Carrie from Washington. Good, Good to see you, Carrie. Thank you for stopping by. We have a good panel tonight. I'm excited. This is the last stable scoop of the year. We started this show 2008, so we're 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 we got a lot of years doing this. All right, we see a bunch of people coming in, so I am going to get started and welcome everybody. Post your name and where you're from, so that all the panelists can see where you're at. Here we go. In three, two. You know, it helps if I hit record. Three. Two, one. This is episode 528 of the Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. It's the Horse Radio Network's equestrian roundtable show in coordination with American Horse Publications. Our sponsor of this episode is Green Flower Botanicals. I am Glenn the Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning, the longest running daily horse podcast in the world. And this is the Equestrian Roundtable. So what happens is we invite a couple people from over at the American Horse Publications to stop by, and they're usually journalists or photographers or involved in the horse media world in some way. And then I also invite either a host from the Horse Radio Network, one of our 21 shows, or we invite a listener to stop by. So it's one or the other. And uh, tonight we have one of our terrific hosts. So we're going to be talking to her and meeting her in just a second. Um, I'm your moderator. I will have opinions occasionally, but this is really their show. So they pick the topics and... We're going to have a little fun tonight too. It is about Christmas time, so we don't want to get too serious. Um, so, if you're watching live, welcome. If it if you miss any part of tonight's show, we will be posting this on the horse on the horse radio network all shows feed, and also the stable scoop podcast feed. You can just. Search for stable scoop on your podcast player, and this is my third show of the day. So uh, if I mess up and say things backwards, or just totally conk out, you'll know why. So that's uh, let's get to introducing our guest tonight. I've known this next per- this first person for many many years. She has come on our show. We were just talking about it. She did trail tips for us on trail riding we think 10 or 11 years ago. So Heidi is here. Hi, Hi, Heidi. Hi. It's good to see you.
1: It's awesome to be here. Yes. That was a very long time ago. We had a good trail riding series. <laughs>
0: and it's Malaco, right? Molucco, yes. Malaco. So Heidi, you're from where? Cal- uh, Colorado, right?
1: Uh, yep. I live in Colorado, grew up in Ohio, but moved out here to work at Horse and Rider in 2001.
0: And you're a writer, you're a registered path instructor, and a photographer. Yes. Um, you also help out with uh, WholePicture.com.
1: Yes. We're going to talk picture. about... Yep. Uh,
0: so we'll talk more about that later. I want to okay. find out more about Whole Picture later on. But you've been around the the media side of this world and the marketing side for a long time.
2: Yes.
1: I guess.
0: Well, th- thank you for joining us tonight.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you.
0: And I like your sweater, Thank you. Look, we kind (laughs) of match.
1: Yes, yes, with the little green and elves and... All right,
0: everybody afraid. watching at home, do you like my bad sweater? Uh, oh, I, we got a comment. Oh, your sweaters are great. Whoever that was okay. at, thank you very much. Thank, <laughs> thank you very you. much. <laughs> we appreciate that. So our second guest tonight is also an AHP member. She's managing editor and graphic designer at Trafalgar Square Books. We have Rebecca with us, and I never say her last name. Go ahead, Rebecca. Give, give us your last name. Didier. D A. Didier. 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 I <laughs> can never get that name. It's in Because years. your
2: French was bad. Your
0: French it's, was bad. I flunked why? French for 3 years and <laughs> a bear is French. You know, my last name is French. So <laughs> there's that. But now you, you and I have known each other for just as long as Heidi and I have.
2: We've been corresponding in one way or another for a very long time. Yeah. Yet
0: I think, didn't we just meet for the first time in person this year?
2: We did in Dallas. And it yeah. was a joyous and amazing occasion.
0: Well, I know, fun. for me too. For me too. <laughs> but I, I, you know, we talked to so many people. And and we get together, and I go, do we ever meet? Because it just seems like you know each other, you know, yeah, yeah. after you've talked for so many years. Yeah. Of course, Trafalgar Square Books is the largest uh, publisher of horse books, right?
2: Yeah, we're, we're the one in the world, really. We do publish the most a year, um, and uh, we've been doing it for 37 years now. So, And,
0: and where are you in the world?
2: <clears throat> we're based, our offices are in North Pomfret, Vermont um they're based on a farm there a, a working cattle
0: farm and where do you live
2: I live in Somerville, Massachusetts, which is basically Boston, right across from oh, yeah. Charles. Yeah,
0: I lived in Beverly for a while, and also Plymouth for a while. Oh, well, so, then
2: you you know that my stomping grounds.
0: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I know the traffic in your stomping.
2: grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And no, that way.
0: <laughs> no. The first time, this is an insider thing. If you've ever driven up there, uh, the first time somebody passed me in the breakdown lane going eighty miles an hour. I freaked out because we didn't know they opened that up for traffic. And all of a sudden, people are passing you in the breakdown lane doing 80 miles an hour.
2: Oh, no, that's totally legit. <laughs> There's, I, I'm sure when you were here, you saw, so every year when the students move back in, somebody goes on either Storrow Drive or, or Memorial Drive, which moving trucks can't go on it. There are low under overpasses. And they take off the top of their moving trucks every year. And you'll see oh just goodness. everything that they brought with them.
0: Oh, introduce, who's, who do you
2: got there? Uh, that's Rizzo. He Rizzo? Will be, he will be back, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those listening to the audio, Rizzo's a kitty cat, a gray one, and he, he, he has made several appearances so far tonight. <laughs> he wants to be on the show. Yes. Well, one of our terrific hosts, host of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast, and somebody I've known, I've known all you guys a long time, mm-hmm. that's Shauna Koresh. Hey, Shauna, how are you?
3: I'm fantastic. It's nice to be here with everybody.
0: I forgot you had a yellow mic ball. Uh, I forgot it was yeah. a yellow one.
3: Is it distracting?
0: No, not, I just, just didn't remember it. that we had yellow ones.
2: It's, like <laughs> it's festive. It's, it's like festive. There you go.
0: <laughs> I normally have a red one. I got black tonight.
2: So, so,
0: Shauna, you know, you have, what, 50 or 60 episodes of Ecoin Clicker 101 out? 50, yep. Yeah.
3: And, and soon to be more.
0: If you want to check that out, that uh, is, is a show you probably guessed by the title what it's about. Positive Reinforcement, Equine Clicker, kind of makes sense. But go to episode one because it's the only show we've ever done in all the years we've done. We've done almost 13,000 episodes now. Uh, it's the only show that was instructional. You actually listen to the first part of it, and then Shawna gives you the second part as a lesson where you go out with your horse and you actually do it while you're listening. So you're actually with your horse while you're doing the instruction on the episode. It's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, I think it's fun.
0: And now you're doing a ton of clinics this year too. And I want to talk about those a little later in the show too, because I, I looked at your schedule and you got a lot booked. So uh <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we like to get I'm, right I'm, to Yeah, go ahead. I'm
3: writing a book too with for Trafalgar. So we got that oh, going yes. on in the midst of it all.
0: <laughs> ah, good. Well, you know, I heard the editor over there is really tough. <laughs> she oh will God. send it back twenty-five times. You're <laughs> she's gonna make your life hell. I that's what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i don't write a book that's see because right. i would have to brave. deal with rebecca it's like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's tough
1: <clears throat> she doesn't make you say her last name all the time that's true
0: that is true and they put out good books and it's because they're tough <laughs> that's what makes I'm a, a th- good publisher someone right
2: someone has to crack a whip that's,
0: that's right. right well We what happens here is the guests actually pick the topics, although I picked one tonight because I picked the last one of the year. Um, But Heidi, you picked the first one. Talk to us about what your topic is and what we're going to discuss and why you picked it.
1: So keeping horses at home is one of my passions. When we moved to this house nine years ago, now we had horse property, but there was no barn or anything here. And so my husband actually works in the lumber industry and is an amazing builder. That's not his primary vocation. He's just very skilled at it. So he built the barn and we studied where to put all the fences and how to have good turnout and all of those things. And and so I guess I just love input on other people that keep their horses at home versus um, boarding and the pros and cons of those things. I, I personally love it. I think I vote for keeping horses at home just to be able to check on them. I love to see what they're doing right outside the window. And when they start playing too hard and when I need to go run out and throw some hay to just stop somebody from looking like they're going to run through the fence, they're playing so hard. Um, But I think that it's just, I think there is a, a good debate there. You know, there's the social factor of being at a boarding facility and being with more people more often and then there's the part where you can go out and do some little um, training techniques and things, too, throughout the day. So, And I'm getting a kitty knocking at the window here at me, too, <laughs> so pardon my distraction.
0: We haven't had a dog make an appearance yet. Usually one of those shows up at some yeah, point, too. Yeah, I
2: locked her upstairs. I, yeah, I've vanished. My dog has been banished for the next hour.
0: <laughs> Rebecca, have you done both with boarding and home? With
2: boarding, no, I yeah. have never boarded a horse. Um, you know, I grew up. In a, in a lucky situation um, of first being within walking distance of the barn where I was working and then having, uh, being in rural Vermont, having at least a small enough space where we could erect the, the paddock that nobody really knew how to build because my parents weren't horse people and I was a little girl. Um, but I, I've always had horses in the backyard. That's and it's awesome. interesting now as an adult and thinking about, I, I currently don't have a horse being where I am. And one of the reasons being that I can't imagine boarding. I mean, I also couldn't afford boarding here in right. Boston, but having the commute be part of that experience, um, having the, the times of day narrowed um, when I can choose to be with my horse, having that really controlled um, by the other responsibilities that I have in my life, um, having grown up, always just having the horses be there, be part of it, having a constant finger on their pulse, almost literally um, I don't know if I'd be able to to board comfortably. I, I don't know if I could relinquish the control.
0: <laughs> Nor the $2,2500 to board in Boston. Well, so, <laughs> so, there's
2: that as well. Yeah, and the traffic, Glenn, the traffic. <laughs> yeah, that is
0: true. <laughs> By the time you got out there, you'd have to turn around and come home. It's like... I sure
2: would, <laughs> and husband would not be happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about <laughs> that a little later. <laughs> Shauna, you've done both, right? Home and yeah. board. Yeah.
3: Yes, I have. And it's, you know, when I, in California, you just board, you know, mostly that's what you do if you're in, I was in San Diego, so it wasn't an option and it wasn't great. Not the, the facility was great, but you didn't have any turnout really to speak of. Cause that's just not what you have. So then I started working with John and Beasy and had, you know, the horses were all there, but then went from there and had our own place. So built our own place and the, the barn and the house were actually attached, which was great. And then then I traveled too much, you know? So now we built a small enough barn that we, you know, it was a six stall barn. So it wasn't a giant barn. So you're like, well, we were going to take four horses. Well, we only have five. Now what do we do? It just became really complicated. So the traveling made it easier to come and go with the boarding. But for sure, kind of like you're saying, it's got to be the right situation, you know. So finding something that's close enough, and me doing positive reinforcement, I'm like, what do you mean they can't be at Liberty in the arena? You know that doesn't oh, work for me. So I have a whole nother set of things that I kind of have to to kind of think about as I as I choose a, a facility that fits. So right now, where I am in Pennsylvania, we have them on the property. So I was there 20 minutes ago. <laughs>
0: We've done both, and you're right, travel's the problem. You know, that's where you run into big trouble when you have them at home, unless you have a reliable babysitter that can come over. And if you're going away for a week or two, or as Jennifer and I did, five weeks. You know, we did that five-week road show this year where we took the RV and went. It stayed at Listener Farms and stuff. Well, that's five weeks away from the horses that they had to be taken care of. So, you know, that wasn't cheap because we actually had—we brought them to a boarding stable, you know, then. Oh. um. So that's how we did that, we, you know. So we actually brought them over there rather than having somebody come over here, because you can't really ask somebody to come over for five weeks. You know, it's,
2: it's a on, there's, a, there's a college kid out there, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think I feel like the college kids are harder to find, or like those reliable. Like I hurt my shoulder last winter and needed someone just to come help muck, and it was not easy to find kids that wanted to work. And I feel like an old curmudgeon. Saying
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? What are they doing? Where
1: are they? Like all Don't I they want to just come muck and be around?
0: <laughs> if you're, if you're watching live post in there, do you board or do you keep them at home? And we want to know. So post in there, which, which one you're doing. And it's on smart. You know, you mentioned California, Shauna. We, we, we were invited out to go to Norco for a week and we spent mm-hmm. a week in Norco. Jamie and I, and Jennifer did. And my God, <laughs> um, they're keeping horses on very small places. I mean, they have half an acre with five horses on it. Wow! Dirt. Just, I can't imagine <laughs> buying the hay there. What it must cost to feed those horses there with no turnout or no grass.
1: And Shauna, yeah. they still call it pasture, right? You know, I've been out there and like, wait, you're what? And they are pasture up the hill, and I just remember seeing this straight up the hill dirt. <laughs> Absolutely nothing growing, but they called that the pasture. <laughs> yes. Uh, At, least yeah, exactly. At least it's turnout. At least it's
2: turnout. You know, yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. There's something. Yeah.
0: Uh, we have comments here. Nicole says, I've done both. We have another user that says, uh, I board, but I work off her the- hers. And we owned a boarding stable for a long time. And we did have people that worked off their board.
2: Brave. That was very it- brave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's how I met when I met Jennifer, that was going on. So I came into the horse boyfriend world with a boarding state with 20 horses in it.
2: Oh. Uh, right into the drama.
0: Yeah, I lucky I survived that actually. <laughs> to be honest. I don't I, know how anybody survives that.
2: When I was
3: when my ex-husband <laughs> and I were going to build a barn, and I said, Great, we can build it and you know, we could do boarding. He said, How many horses are the max you think you'd want? And I said, Well, I don't think I could work with over five. He said we're building a six-stall barn. <laughs> you know, so
0: Which means a, you actually had eight. <laughs> Which means you had eight. You have six stalls, you have eight horses. That's the way it works. You guys can't trick us. We figured that out after a while. We figured too this way with a boarding stable is one person can successively, success successfully take care of about seven horses. And then the work doubles. You know, we figured from that, just that eighth horse, the work doubles. And then you need help. And then every seven horses after that, the work doubles. It just seems to work that way. You know, it just seems to be a whole lot more work. Not one more horse work, a whole lot more work. So you'll always, you know, the larger you get as a boarding stable, the more and more people you have to have. And, you know, you think you're going to make more money, but in fact, you're just spending more too. Right, and
1: time dealing with, issues that come up and things like that that's what i i don't miss definitely the drama of it and and i didn't intend to move my horse around so much before we moved here but ended up moving just for little strange things that i couldn't put up with or that were just you know like okay that's safe and that's great for other people but it just didn't feel right for us but Mm -hmm. i will say though on the the neighbors and the the leaving for five weeks might push my neighbors but i am amazingly blessed to have neighbors on both sides. We all have two acre properties and we actually put gates in to help each other and purposefully did that. So we kind of trade and go back and forth and And next door they have goats and chickens. And so I'll go over and help with those. And my daughter loves to go help there. Sometimes that's more fun than doing our own chores over yeah. here. So, <laughs> So that's been awesome to know that if we do go somewhere, we're not having to have the the whole hire a house sitter and are they okay? And do they know horses? And so I think that part of it, where you are and how big your property is probably makes a huge difference too on whether you feel like you can travel with that.
0: Yeah, and we and we're we're lucky. Our landlords live right here, so they usually take care. of We didn't, you know, uh, they took care of one of the horses while we were away, and the other one went to boarding. But uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, even in that situation, right where they live on the property, it's still a lot to ask if you're if you're doing if you're going away all the time. Do you think that's the biggest negative of having them at home? The, the travel, travel? Part. yeah.
1: I think that's the. Yeah, that, that seems, that's a concern for me probably if you, you know, just thinking, do I want to do that? Can I, are, is everybody going to be home to help trade and take care? I think one thing, I love having them here, but sometimes because they are here, I forget to actually schedule time to do what I really want to do because my horse time sometimes is to go out and do chores and take care of them. So I've been with them and then I need to come in and do my own thing. So Sometimes it's being proactive to actually plan in when you're actually going to ride or do what you want to do rather than just do the caring part.
0: Yeah, we we said that too, when we had our farm, it was like we spent all our time taking care of the farm and the horses and not any time enjoying the horses. You know, it was work. You know, it is work. Fencing is always breaking. Something's breaking all the time (laughs) when you have a farm, right? Mm -hmm. So you do have to force yourself. You'd have to say, okay, I'm going to take these two hours today and I'm not going to worry about any of that. It'll be there tomorrow, right? Uh, That, you know, those nails will still need to be put back in tomorrow, but uh, (laughs) today I'm going to play with my horses. Right. It's hard, though, because... Those responsibilities are there, yeah, the hay has to be put up, you know you're getting more hay in, and all of that has to be done, and it all takes time. Well, you know I always say in business that time is our biggest enemy. it's not money, usually. you know it sometimes is time is money, but it, time is your biggest enemy. Um, Rebecca, too, I mean, just in your business too it's no matter what your business is or what pleasure stuff you do, your hobbies you have, time is your the thing you don't have enough of.
2: I never have enough time. And, you know, they're just, it's, we have so many things, every single step of publishing a horse book and promoting it and helping and supporting our authors could, we could, I could easily triple the time that I put into each step. And there's no way that I can do that, obviously. So. And I Shauna, not we say
0: that about the time <laughs> we spend with our horses? We could triple that too and, and not have enough.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. And, and when you're, Kind of doing what I do, you know, you, you have all these things that take you away from your own horses. So you kind of, you know, you're trying to think, Oh, I got to write this and do this and check this and email this. And, you know, and so then you go, Oh, day's done, you know, and you've really got not. So it's, it's always a balance. I guess that's a big adult struggle is finding that time balance and how to keep everything a little, you know, time managed.
1: It's hard. Right.
0: Look at my sweater. I've obviously forgot to do the adulting (laughs) parts. I never got there.
1: (laughs) Shauna, something I heard you say though, about being able at a boarding facility to go work at Liberty or something. I think that is a huge plus. Like for me, my horses are my photo models. If I've got a product to test or something like that, like I, I love having them here, but to be able to go do what you want to do with them and also to make sure that the interactions your horses have with people are what you would do. I think that's huge from the training aspect. If yeah, if you're working on something and then someone comes in to throw hay or move your horse because they need to put a bucket in and undoes something, then that can yeah, your work on the other side of that.
3: I had uh, my horse Minty. He was they were the, the horses that came from John and Beezy's. They were great. You could take them to any. We go to do, you know, a a barn to do a clinic and people would say, I'm sure you want us to feed when we feed. And then we'd be like, nope, they're fine. And they'd be like, and we come in like at seven, they'd be like, they didn't make a sound. And you're like, yeah, they don't know that routine. They, you know, they just don't do it. And then the last uh, one of the places I was born in Northern California, the, the woman said, yeah, Minty was banging. So I made sure I fed him first. I said, oh yeah, that'll never happen again. You know, and it was, it was with good intentions and you just had to go, oh, phooey, I can fix it, you know, if I need to, but, but it's that exactly, they just aren't paying attention to the things that you do and not do. And then habits are coming out that you're thinking what, and feed is so important to any horse's life. So to not be aware of what you're feeding, you know, can, can. Turn into things you don't really want to see necessarily.
0: <laughs> well, uh, thank you for that topic, Heidi. Appreciate that. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about our sponsor this uh, for this particular episode, and that's Green Flower Botanicals. And actually, I heard <coughs> from one of the big bosses over at Green Flower. Let's take a listen
4: flower botanicals every day we're asked the same recurring question how can i know if cbd is going to work for me Well, did you know that CBD or cannabidiol has now been researched for its effects on over 50 medical conditions, including some of the most common conditions related to the health of your horse. It's amazing how this one little cannabinoid found in the cannabis plant has been responsible for nothing short of a revolution when it comes to natural medicine. Listen, it's safe, it's effective, and it's given to us by nature itself. And here's the truth. The only way to really know if CBD will work for you or your horse is to give it a try. And we want to make that very easy for you with our try and see money back guarantee. So right now you can go to greenflowerbotanicals.com and receive 20% off when you use code HRN. And here's the best part. Your purchase is backed by our promise that if you're unsatisfied for any reason, we will refund 100% of your purchase. So try some CBD today, totally risk free, by going to greenflowerbotanicals.com, use code HRN at checkout, and receive 20% off your entire purchase. And we
0: want to thank Greenflower. Don't, you know, Don't forget that all of our coupon codes for all of our sponsors, it's HRN across the board. So if you're not sure if one of our sponsors has a coupon, just try it. Try HRN and see what pops up. If there's no coupon, nothing will pop up, but you might get lucky and get 20% off. So Greenflower Botanicals, they've been a sponsor for quite some time, and we appreciate them. All right, Shauna is bringing the second topic today. Shauna, we're talking about horses during the winter. What do you do with them? (laughs)
3: Yes. What does everyone do with them? I'm now in a place where it doesn't have an indoor. So we are subject to what the winter has and the cold ground and not being able to necessarily ride through the winter or, you know, so the weather is a part of it. I think with the positive reinforcement training, it gives me a lot of options inside to do positive reinforcement things. I can work on retrieves and things that seem nonsensical, but are quite you know, they build their relationship and and the relationship with the training, but but it is a challenge. You know, as I was thinking, you know, with the, I was thinking I can train them to do things that dogs do. <laughs> I'm going to teach them to retrieve, and I'm going to teach them to. So I just kind of wondered what everybody does do, and how do we manage with the winter time?
0: Heidi, you live in Colorado. You don't have any snow out there at all, or bad weather at all. No. <laughs> No we actually
1: don't. That's kind of a problem at the moment, other than a windstorm yesterday., um, but the temperatures have been going up and down, and I feel bad for them facing that. Like some we've had some nights that are ten degrees and then up to fifty during the day. Um but I just got a new horse. and so with him, I haven't been riding a ton, but just really trying to go out and do grooming and be with him and make sure that he's we're responding to each other taking hay out and those little kind of training moments that I feel are important. And maybe not that anybody did anything bad with him before, just like what I expect or or for me wanting him to be able to be safe around my daughter. So we're kind of focusing on those things of not crowding your space or just small things that are going to be really meaningful, I think, for having a kid around him too.
0: What's your new horse? Tell us about your new horse.
1: His name is Mr. T. (laughs) <laughs> and i i'm so i feel so excited about him he is uh 15 three he's a quarter horse palomino and double registered and he has been really successful in the national versatility ranch horse association and so we're just i'm excited to have just he seems like a sweet calm guy and tall enough for me and the same ha- hair color. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you two match.
1: <laughs> we match. I think he'll match with Savannah too. But because we do live on small acreage, um, it's been important to me. And it was hard to find a horse that um, Savannah and I could both ride. And I think he's going to fit the bill. He's got a lot of buttons. So it's going to be just teaching her to sit still and understand what her cues mean. So we've been riding some with her on lead line and just, kind of shifting from her pony that she really had to to cue hard to do so so just kind of some of the smaller things and doing some lead line things like that but like I said I can't really attest to full winter right now here because it's been pretty sunny but still.
0: well that's another disadvantage i think of uh small farms too is if If you, if there's no, there could be no place to ride. So depending on what kind of neighborhood you live in, you could be stuck, right? So you Mm -hmm. got your two acres and that's it, which gets old, right? I mean, you know, you, then you have to, you have to hop in a trailer to go anywhere, you know, and that's time consuming. I always said to go somewhere and ride for an hour seems to take four, but that's the horse husband (laughs) opinion. So Rebecca, what are you, what, are, you know, if there's a lot of places in Massachusetts that don't have indoors.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Well in Vermont, I mean <clears throat> the, in the old days in Vermont anyway, uh, you know, you just pull the horse's shoes and they don't work during the winter time. They get turned out, it's time off. And then the spring is really fun when you get on for the first time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, I think I, I, obviously I'm, I'm full of ideas simply because we publish books by people who have lots of ideas on this. Um, I would say the first thing that comes to mind, things that you can do in the wintertime, you know, the cat is so helpful right now
0: <laughs> It's <always> <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> um, is uh,
2: I, I don't know if you all are familiar with uh, horse speak, which is our author, Sharon Wilsey. She um, teaches you how to use your body language to um, both read what the horse is saying and then reply in ways that the horse would understand. So there are, all kinds of things that you can do that's just concentrating, learning to observe their body language and then um, use your own body language to talk back and establish rapport. And these are, you know, this is like, remember that phenomenon? I can't remember what it was. It was like in Norway, slow TV, right? Where you just watched that fire burning behind the and it's supposed to settle you. Well, I think, I feel like a lot of what you should really do with horses is slow TV. There are so many things that we should just, have so much patience for and winter in a cold place is the perfect time for it because you know the other thing that i think of is uh you know we we do jim masterson's book masterson method do body work on your horse um it's not necessarily to accomplish anything in some grandiose picture it's to build that connection it's to make the horse feel good it's just to spend time and not have a a goal mm-hmm. which Every Almost every time we interact with our horses, we're like, this is what we're going to get done today. This right. is the schooling plan. This is where I want to be by the end of the week. This is all to get ready for this show. And if you have seasons that actually control that impulse and make you just take a step back and just be with them in some way, um, you know, I think that's that's what we've got to look at it as.
0: I got to tell you, when we lived in Pennsylvania, we had a big farm uh, when I first met Jennifer. It's 100 acres. And there, uh, some of the most magical times I remember are right after it snowed. So you got four or five inches of snow. And, you know, we were alone back there. It was 100 acres. And so we were alone. And she would get on the horse and I'd get my carriage out with the pony. And we'd go out together, you know, with the bells on and the whole thing. And it was so cool. That was it's right after it snows. That's yeah. the magical time.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. It Just after. Be- Used to be bareback. That's what. Yep. Bareback with just a halter and two lead ropes because the horse is all furry because they're not right, clipped, right. you know? And okay. you just get on and, and like the snow's flying. And the
0: horse kept you warm. Off. So there was that. It was the yeah, it was the best. <laughs> it was nice. I do have fond memories of uh, of taking the carriage out in the snow. It had to be the right amount of snow. Then you get a foot; you're <laughs> too much. You're just, it was just too much. I get stuck. But it was just that couple inches of snow when it was all pristine and hadn't gotten dirty yet. You know, uh, nobody was, peed
2: on it. No, but it's yellow, yellow, there's right. no yellow
0: snow That's yet. Right. That's right. <laughs> Cars hadn't gone down the road yet. You know, all of that. That—that that was a ma- that is a magical time. The other time that I really liked at winter um, was when you're it's really cold out and you've got all the horses in the barn for the night and you've closed it all down and it's still cold but they're just start they're eating they're just starting to eat and you turn off all the lights for some reason the sound of them eating in the winter was better than the sound of them eating in the summer and i don't know why Absolutely. I don't
1: know why it's the cold air and they there was some science show about how and why if it snows you hear things differently. And I think that's true, that the sound just carries differently when the air temperatures, and especially if there's snow outside. But I agree. That's that's my favorite sound ever. <laughs> just to, to if I need to calm down, I'll just go throw some hay and listen to my horses eat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. It is. It is one of the most calming sounds. And then the not calming sound is when the snow comes off the bank (coughs) barn roof and crashes down right after you've brought the horse right underneath it. That's not the calming sound that you want to hear. Or the
2: indoor, it always comes off the roof of the indoor when you're riding the two-year-old. Big ice sheets,
0: (laughs) (laughs) or the buckets that freeze, and you have to keep emptying them and emptying them and emptying them.
2: That's the one that I was going to bring up because. Uh, the barn was down the driveway and the the water, the the water pump would freeze in the winter. So I would carry hot water down from the house to the barn. And of course, after a while, the path through the snow after many weeks gets slippery. So you'd slip and the hot water would slosh over your boots and then it would freeze. And then your sock is frozen and the water's all down your leg. And then you get there and then you've got to like take the bucket and do the stamp on both sides to get the. So
0: to that, get the ice brick out.
2: That I don't. I do not miss that at
0: all. We used to stack them up, the ice bricks, oh, you know, yeah. the bucket oh, ice bricks. So we used to yeah. turn them upside down and, and make, stack like, them an up iglip. in pyramids. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. we did too.
0: The harder the winter, the bigger the pyramid got. <laughs> like
2: this, this is what I love. I love horses. This is it right here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you know, there are times in the winter when it's magical, and there's times in the winter when it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It just there's it seems to be extreme. So then winter is it and it is an extreme, isn't it? Right. So that's what it's all about. Shauna, do you even have winter? We don't, obviously.
3: (laughs) Well, now I'm in Pennsylvania. So we do.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, In San
3: Diego, we really didn't. I mean, we were all wearing down jackets when it's (laughs) fifty-eight. Yeah, the same as know, us here in Florida.
0: <laughs> I had to turn the air conditioner down to 68 so I could wear this sweater. Because it was <laughs> it was like 80 today, and I was dying. So <laughs> to, Jennifer said, you're going to have to turn the air conditioner down. You're going to die in your studio. They're <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to Florida. So, you know, part of this is brought to you also by American Horse Publications. You guys are members for how long? Long time, right? Both of you? Or all of you. Yeah, Yeah, show notes. Remember, we sat together at dinner (laughs) this year. Yeah. So, you know, we love American Horse Publications. It's really the place for uh, equine media businesses, media professionals, colleges, students, all of that. It's been around for over 50 years. Uh, If you're in any one of those categories, please consider joining uh, one of the best things we do is get together every year and we get to chat and talk and h- maybe have a drink or two uh, at dinner. Uh, maybe I did. Um, <laughs>
2: You're the only one, Glenn. Yeah,
0: Nobody the else there one. was drinking. No, no. Uh, but, you know, they do a lot of education things and I just think it's really worthwhile. Anybody have anything to add to that? that oh, I think
3: it's great. And the camaraderie and everything mm-hmm. that goes with it, it's really a great opportunity to connect with people. And then you get to see the same people each year, you know, and there's something really nice about that because you're figuring out what everyone's done through the year and, and you know, what's going on and what's new. It really keeps you connected, I think.
0: And it's, it's an, it's a unique place too, because everybody there really, if you think about it, are competitors, right? Right. Uh, They're different magazines. You're always, you're competing for sponsors. You're competing for all that. But when you go there, that goes away you're okay. all helping each other and it just kind of goes away because we're all in the same boat too. I mean, right. that's the other thing. We are in the same boat uh, we're all fighting the same battles. You guys are all fighting costs of printing and all of that stuff, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and I was very happy this year, Shauna, that I wasn't the only podcaster there. There were several. It was <laughs> nice. I, I was feeling really lonely for a lot of years, but that there are a lot more podcasters coming in, too, and I'm really happy to see that. So let's talk a little bit about you guys individually quick before we go to the final question. Heidi, you also ha- tell us about the company that you have.
1: So I founded uh, marketing and PR design photography, kind of everything I loved and just decided to call it the whole picture because it was kind of all of what I knew how to do. So everything I knew kind of fits into this. And I have a couple of amazing horsewomen that help me and we help people with social media needs, marketing, design, photography, helping small businesses. Most are in the horse industry and it's just, it's a lot of fun. So taking what I know how to do about building a story and creating it and kind of looking at what needs to be done for the ad side of things too. Um, We just create whatever is needed and help guide small businesses into social media and anything that they need. So it's kind of fun to be able to write for the magazines and then also help design some ads that end up going (laughs) somewhere near my articles as well. Not near, not right beside them, you know, (laughs) separation of church and state, but, but still just anything with that has been a passion of mine. I feel like can help other people too. And I love being able to write about things and do the photography and design and, and just get it out there and,
2: and help people in the horse world.
0: Rebecca, what was the number one book at Trafalgar Square this year?
2: Horse Brain, Human Brain. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. yeah that, it's, it's, it's in its, I want to say, A3 printing. We've sold rights to 10 or 11 different countries. Um, so it's, published in, it's being published in those languages. Um, it's sold ph- phenomenally, and it's a terrific book incredibly engaging and it definitely while I think some of the information in it maybe some people know intuitively it's demonstrating the neuroscience behind it so that we understand you know what it is that the horse is experiencing it's very different than from what we're experiencing we need that reminder all the time
0: (laughs) and Robert Dovers came out this year too so it just
2: came out yeah yeah. that was just released that'll be your
0: number one next year probably
2: (laughs) yeah I hope so it's you know he he put a lot of effort into trying to make it more than just his story. Um, he shares the lessons that he's learned along the way, and he's not afraid of acknowledging where he has gone wrong. And so that makes it for a really interesting read. Plus, he's he's lived an interesting life. so.
0: Yeah, he has. He's lived twelve interesting lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know,
2: <laughs> that's more than a cat, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and he's always been candid about everything. Yeah. You know, that's what I, one of the things I like about him. I I got the book, and that's one of the, my plans for over over uh, the holidays. Here is that oh, particular good. book. What's it called? So everybody can find it.
2: The gates to brilliance. By Robert Dover. Yeah.
0: So there's, and if you don't know who we're talking about, he's like one of the top dressage people ever in the United States. And six time Olympian,
2: former, former coach of the dressage team. Yep.
0: So you definitely want to, whether you do dressage or not, it doesn't matter with this book, you know? Oh
2: no, no. His intent really was to reach anybody um, who is just looking to find a way forward with their life, with their goals Um, in addition, he also has, you know, strong messages about being a gay athlete. Um, really important subject for him. And, you know, I, I think that it's such a positive book because he, he, every, every single chapter ends on this note of hope. So he brings that to it. We all need that these days.
0: (laughs) He's done a lot of work too. Uh, for for a lot of different athletes in the horse world yeah. through his foundations that he created and it just has done a lot of terrific work over the years for that. Yeah. Yeah. helped a lot back. of people. Yep. yep. And Shauna, you, you of course, uh I I wanted, to, you know what I forgot? I wanted to have my clicker <laughs> here tonight so I could click it. Jennifer has it somewhere. I don't have my clicker. Cuz I wanted to see what happened if I clicked for you. I wanted to see what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. have you have a lot of clinics coming up this year
3: yes i do i've I've kind of got now i've been off the clinic circuit kind of for a while now so now getting back out there and put the word out if people want me to come to clinics and, and they are do. most of them
0: positive reinforcement clinics
3: oh they all are
0: They all are. So they're
3: all on positive reinforcement, how to utilize it, how to utilize it for what they're doing and what their goals are and taking it to show people. And, and the knowledge has changed a lot, you know, in the past 28 years. So there's much more awareness, you know, way back when nobody knew anything. So now you have people who really do know, but there's still so many people to reach. So. So I I'm doing lots of clinics now coming up. So it's great. And I love that part. You know, I love being out there and watching people grasp it and 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 put it together. So it, it's really fun.
0: My first co-host, Helena, did she come have you at one or come out to visit you at one? Yeah.
3: Helena? Yeah. yeah. She um she came I went and I stayed with her when I did a clinic up in Rhode Island. And then she has just been she had me on her podcast and she's
0: stolen stable, by the way, on the horse radio network I had to get a plug in there.
3: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and then I'm going to uh, somebody named Chick Maynard, who's a, a yeah. author with Trafalgar Square, is having me come down. That's right. And do a clinic uh, next month. So Helena's going to come down with her daughter, Grace. So they're going to be there at the clinic as well. So that'll be fun. <laughs>
0: I think it's going to be great. Helena's great. I mean, obviously, you know, we, that's how this all started. The Horse Radio Network wouldn't be here if it weren't for Helena because that's who yeah. I started with all those years ago. And she, her, stall is doing, her show is doing very well. It's called Stall and Stable. So if you can find that any podcast player. And uh, apparently, Shauna makes an appearance too at some point. <laughs> Shauna makes appearances on a lot of our Everywhere. shows. She, Shauna has been coming on our shows forever. Forever and ever. Oh. All right. I picked the third and final topic. We're going to end on this. Do you ride or not on Christmas Day? And does a spouse approve? So I'm going to introduce my own topic here because when I first met Jennifer, I was like appalled that you had to do anything with the horses on Christmas Day. It's like I was appalled you even had to feed him because it was like, don't. You get a day off. I just when when we're first introduced to this, we really have no idea, and a lot of it is very shocking. And you know, there's a lot of guys that don't make it past that first year. Um, because, you know, and, and then some of us question it from then on. But uh, you know, it's true. I mean, so Heidi, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. Did he get all of this at the beginning? Was he a horse guy or not a horse guy? Or
1: he was not a horse guy, but very interested and willing to support that so yeah even
0: on even when you showed up late all the time for dates and when you came in dirty or you you said i'm gonna go out to the barn for a half an hour and see my horse and came back four hours later uh even in all those times
1: Well, he goes fly fishing, so I feel like we're on a support each other's (laughs) habits, and that's okay. So as long as I say, yeah, go fishing, that's great, then I feel like I have that even keel, I think. And I think that's what it should be, though, to support what each of you likes to do instead of making rules
0: that – I think there's a learning curve, though, in the beginning of every marriage, no matter what it is, whether it's horses or whatever hobby you have, right? There's still yeah. that learning curve and that little bit of jealousy thing that goes on for a while until you grow yeah. out of it and then yeah. don't care anymore. I'm sure there but, were
1: some some bumps and bruises along the way to get to that. But yeah. But yeah. Christmas?
0: I, do you do anything with the horses on Christmas?
1: You know, we don't. I think Savannah and I, you know, having a, a younger child and, and kind of going through what Christmas means, like, I my memory of the horses on Christmas with her is really getting the barn ready on Christmas Eve and how cool that's been to like we make sure it's extra clean and we put down extra shavings and kind of talk about like what would it be like if uh, if Mary was in our barn tonight, like <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm making her giving her strange things that that's going to happen in our it was barn, probably but.
0: cleaner than the one she is actually in actually <laughs> On your,
1: de- december 24th our barn is really really clean <laughs> because <laughs> we've done a lot of nativity story training so does um, she but, leave
0: milk and cookies for mary too
2: for Mary in the barn. <laughs> Mary needs more than milk and cookies. Milk and cookies, yeah.
0: Does she leave a midwife in and the barn? For, yeah, that's right.
1: That That I haven't supplied. But, but no, Christmas morning, I feel like the horses always have to be fed first before we do anything. And so we'll run out and do chores first so that we can get back in and do hot chocolate and presents. So that's been the only thing that's like, wait, we can't just do Christmas. Like, no, we need to make sure that they're fed before we do that. So so that's maybe a little bit of a, a hindrance, but I might be a little bit more relaxed about that. They can wait till eight thirty or nine now. But
0: do you <laughs> have White I Christmas? I like to
1: do that just so I can relax.
0: On average, how many years are White Christmas for you in Colorado?
1: Man, it doesn't seem like that many lately here. You know, usually our biggest a uh, month for snow is actually march into april. So mm. that's when we get those heavy snows, but I've already seen in my Facebook memories that come up like 2 years ago and 4 years ago we'd already had some good first snows, but we have not had any this year. So that would be great to have a white christmas because I'm what? a little worried about next year's hay already.
0: <laughs> what elevation are you at?
1: We're not we're just on the front range, so we're not okay. too high. So we're right at a mile high, probably here, maybe a little bit
0: higher. That's all. <laughs> but, yeah. Rebecca, you're mile. at what hundred feet over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at,
1: I'm like at like less than that. Florida. I'm probably yeah. below
0: sea level here in Florida. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah,
2: but we
1: can see the huge mountains, we can see the Fourteeners from from our house. So I
0: love them. I do love the views in Colorado. It's just it's so special. It really yeah. is. Really is so. Rebecca, do you, do you did you guys do anything? Now I'm going to go back a little in time, but did you do did you ride on Christmas Day or was it a thing or?
2: No, so I would say the only instance would be like what we were reminiscing about earlier, where if there was a fresh snow, mm-hmm. and mm. then I would I would jump on, or you know maybe if I got something new <laughs> <laughs> from right, Santa right. Who, who happened to know that. My pony needed a certain size halter or something, and then I'd have to play with it. But usually the horses got fed, and it was considered a holiday for them, too. Um, We never did anything, like,
0: intentionally. Are
2: you married? I am. Yes. To a, fly fish, to a fly fisherman. Oh, no. <laughs> and I will tell you that they spend just as much time in one day out yes. on a river as they do, as we might at a barn. So yes. just as smelly. Steven. Steven. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's right. They come back as <laughs> smelly too. <laughs> that's funny. So how yeah. was he with, with this whole horse thing when you first met?
2: Um, so I, at the time had access to a boyfriend horse, which isn't always the case. So my test, we were first dating, I don't know, maybe we'd gone out like three or four times. I was like, this guy's got to, he's, he seems cool, but he's got to be able to pass this test. And it was the horse where you could, it was this great core horse where I could say, drop the reins and grab the horn. And we went out on a trail ride and we had to cross a brook. And I said, drop the reins and grab the horn. And by golly, this guy did it. And he stayed on and, you know. He he always he's humored it. He likes he likes animals. Um, he thinks it's all a little silly. I I I do think he thinks it all it's all a little silly, and he certainly would would be appalled if he knew how much money sometimes gets spent. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> doesn't always know. I I again fly fishermen. Uh, some of those reels are they have really, some good really good expensive
1: up there too. <laughs>
2: And he'll come back and he'll have broken another rod. And I'll say, how did you break another rod? Cause those rods also, that's like a, a saddle right there. Bamboo custom
1: made, <laughs> like they've got their own kind of tack, tackle tack shops.
2: And the guides, the guy, the guides are more expensive than any trainer or instructor we could ever hire. So I'm just saying.
0: Okay. <laughs> mm. That's good. And Shauna, do you, do you play on uh, Christmas day with the ponies?
3: Um, you know, it's kind of been all over the map, but I, a lot of times I think I kind of, like Rebecca said, it, it you kind of give them the day off, and, and Heidi, you did too. Kind of, it is their holiday too. You know, you tend to think it's, you know, this is what we do with Maria Mammals. We changed what we did all the time, so we never did the same old thing all the time because that would just be, you know, kind of mundane. And 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 so by sometimes having quiet days and sometimes busy days, and so I think it's nice to to have. It's, it's back to that time management, isn't it? You're like, okay, <laughs> am I supposed to have time not to, to be with the horses and do other things? Time for family. So I, I think it's been all over the map, though, depending over the years of my situation. But more often than not, Christmas is is the holiday.
0: So I'm going to ask you guys. I didn't warn you about this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to just ask you guys to, uh, if you have you can give one message to somebody. So you can give a holiday message to whoever you want to. Uh this we do a daily Winnie on the morning show. That's kind of our our uh you know shout out to people. So I'm going to give you a chance to give a shout out to whoever you want to. Who wants to go first? Who's brave? Nobody. I'll go first. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Jessie Hilligus. She is who I'm working with now and she's the one who bred my she's a small breeder here in Pennsylvania. So I'm is that
0: the one we her. met at hp the, the, yes 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 okay good
3: so Je- yes exactly so jesse has been really supportive and helpful and really kind of helped me transition to getting out there and doing clinics again and making making things really exciting and fun and we have our two babies that go places now and then and hopefully we'll be coming to ocala so oh, we should be able to maybe see well, you, you better
0: get over here to the studio when you come to ocala or i'm gonna really be mad
2: <laughs> i will a, i'll be there that's an I order for trouble. all
0: of you when you come to ocala so uh,
2: we're coming in we're coming in february so we'll have to are come you? See you Glenn? yeah yeah
0: you have to come over yeah i'm only about three miles from the world of question center
2: oh perfect yeah
0: yeah so we're real close to there yep so rebecca do you have a message for somebody
2: um i'll i'll give a shout out to martha cook our managing director. Um, she's not just my colleague; she's one of my best friends. And she had a really tough year, and she just lost her mom, who was ninety nine. Oh, wow. So um, she's ready for a new year, and I I'm going to wish her the very best in 2022.
0: Well, we're thinking about you, Martha. And but I will say, if I can make it to ninety nine, I'm going to be pretty happy. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> or will you? Know. you? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on whether he's running a boarding barn or not.
1: Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever happening again. <laughs> Heidi, do you have a message for anybody?
1: I'm going to give a shout out to Chris brun at HP because she Hi, takes please. care of all of us
0: and she does.
1: She has been amazing and just been a great support for a long time since I first joined in, I think 2000 in 1999, 2000. So that is huge. And my family. And I was thinking of my neighbors too. I'm going to give a shout out to Mark and Ellen Matthews and Tara Lucchetti next door, because I do get to go do fun stuff because we help each other with our animals.
0: Terrific. And you're right about Chris. She does a tremendous job over there. And you know what, putting up with (laughs) a couple of hundred members, you know, Equine media, we're not opinionated at all. So, <laughs> you know, so, so <laughs> she by the way, she this is this is Chris now right there. we have no opinions we don't express our opinions vocally at all chris you're a saint to put up with all of us that's for sure well i want to thank i'm going to give my shout out to the listeners you guys have been terrific um i was just mentioning before the show i think i mentioned it on horses in the morning the other day that we we saw some record numbers last week um in downloads that most podcasters would die for. So you guys are all been super supportive. We're seeing the numbers growing and growing more and more of you listen to podcasts. So thank you for finding the horse radio network. We have 21 different shows. We also have our own app. If it's easier, you can just go to horse radio network in your app store, download, <clears throat> our app, and it has all of our shows on there, uh, including Equine Clicker 101, which you want to. I'm going to warn you about that one. A lot of people pick up podcasts with the latest episode. With that podcast, you want to go back to episode one. It's chronological. So uh, she will guide you through clicker training and positive reinforcement from the beginning. And then you're going to take these lessons and go out. This is a free course. We should have charged about $5,000 for this, actually. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I'm signing up, Shauna. I'm on. I'm going to go listen in the morning.
0: So it's free if you do it tonight. Tomorrow, I'm going to charge for it. So go get, get it charged. on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, what time tomorrow are you going to sign up? Because I have to make sure I put the pay thing in first. Right. <laughs> huh. It's $5,000, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> so but it is, my back. <laughs> it's is—it's worth that. I mean, there's 50 lessons in there, which you would pay for if you're going to you know, go anyplace else. So go check it out. Equine Clicker 101. Uh, Nicole says she's going to check it out. Good for you, Nicole. (laughs) Nicole, I won't charge you. I'll just charge Heidi, and then she'll cover yours. (laughs) So you're good. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you all. Take care. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thanks, guys.
4: Thanks for listening.